0: Seahawks fans episode of the Seahawks Nest Podcast. I'm yours, Nathan Zano, joined, as always, by the Paul McCartney to my John Lennon. It's Kevin Garber. Kevin, how are you doing?
1: I'm doing good, John Lennon of the Beatles. I'm happy to be Paul McCartney of the Beatles. How are you, John Lennon of the Beatles?
0: Um, I'm, uh, my wife's crazy. All right, <laughs> our very own
2: Ringo Starr. It's Eric Ronnebeck. Eric, how are you doing? I'm doing great. A little behind the scenes for everyone. Before we did this, Kevin was like, I hate Paul McCartney. And Nathan was like, "Yeah, I hate him too." No, I think I said I hate Paul McCartney first, and uh,
0: <laughs> Kevin said yes. I can see why you'd say that. He did not say he also. And Then you left
2: McCartney. the room, and he's like, "Ringo Starr, very underrated, amazing, That's true, greatest person in the world, something no, like that." No,
1: my exact comment was that uh, as a drummer, you're underestimated for being able to keep time really well, and he is a drummer with great timing. I intentionally left out the best Beatle, George Harrison. So
0: yeah, good point. Um, okay, uh, Seahawks. What could you imagine? Okay, Seahawks news this week. Uh, Samuel Gold made a 22-minute video comparing Russell Wilson to Andrew Luck. If you have not watched it yet, go ahead and watch it. It will succinctly explain why Russell Wilson is better than Andrew Luck, a fact we all already know, so I'm not going to belabor that point. In breaking um, news, water is wet. Uh, but, but I mean, it was cool. it's, it's a really good video. It shows kind of what makes Russ great and maybe what could unlock Russ even more if the scheme gets uh, moves in a direction that it is more is better, right? If we have a better scheme, he could get even better. And I think Samuel really touches on that in the video.
2: What um what footage of Andrew Luck does it use? I mean, his entire career. It's, uh it's, last year he was getting more So
0: Samuel was kind of inspired. He more made strong. He made a video uh eight, like an 18-minute video last week that was basically why Indi, why are Andrew Luck's comeback season? Like how did he come back? How did he get better? Like the same thing we talked about last week. How Um, you know, Andrew Luck seemed to kind of gain strength throughout the season and just get better and better. And all of a sudden he was basically by the end of the year, one of the five best quarterbacks in the league again. Uh, it was that. And then he just said, okay, I was inspired by that. And the fact that, you know, Samuel is pretty active on Seahawks Twitter and is like a kind of an unofficial member of the Seahawks family, even though he's a Washington fan. Uh, yuck. Yeah. Poor guy. (laughs) It's gotta be, it's gotta be rough, right? To be a Redskins fan at this point in history. But, uh, yeah, they, uh. You know, he makes this video about you know Russ and and versus Andrew Luck, and he comes to the conclusion, the correct one, that you know Russ is slightly better than Andrew Luck. Um, and yeah, I mean, what other conclusion could you come to? Uh, no reasonable person who you know doesn't like isn't just like a stand for one of the teams.
1: I do appreciate the way that the article was approached. Was let's take a look at the things that each of them do well, and so it was a breakdown of what they were good at. And then win the cross comparison.
0: Yeah, I mean, in the end, Wilson won because he's more accurate than Andrew Luck. And that's like the most imp- – we talked about this before. It's the most transferable stat from college to the pros. And it's the most important stat for for, uh, for a quarterback. It's the reason that if you go back to the Seahawks Nest episode from you know five years ago or six years ago. How long ago was that that we talked about – when they drafted Russell Wilson, I don't know the seven years ago. We've been doing this for way too long. Uh, the, the, <laughs> but if you go back and I said like the most, I said at the time the most transferable skill a quarterback can have to the pros is being accurate, and Russell Wilson's very accurate. If he was six foot one inches tall, he would have been the first pick in the draft, and I think that that analysis is still correct. The thing is, is that being five ten presents a significant challenge, but it's one he was ready for. He's been five ten his whole life, so he knew what he knew what he was getting himself into.
1: The other part is uh, he is an illustrated difference between short and small. Like he is a compact player. He's not slight, which is why the physical punishment. Also, he's good at avoiding blows. You know, unlike players like Ben Roethlisberger, you can just pencil in for missing two or three games because he's going to take a shot right in the gut. He's good at minimizing the blows that he takes.
2: All
0: right, Eric, Seahawks news this week that I know you have an opinion on. What'd you think of Russell Wilson's cornrows? (laughs)
2: How'd you know I hadn't seen real questions? Uh, Pass both on the question and the cornrows. (laughs) Not a fan, huh? No, I mean, is is it kind
0: of weird that Ciara seems to treat him as a little bit of like a dress-up doll? Maybe a little bit. I I
2: mean, he's five ten. Next coming back full circle
0: um (laughs) boo okay uh cable speaking of russell wilson cable thanos got hired by russell wilson for his brand management company so just expect a lot of russell wilson meme videos this year to say the least sweet russell wilson must love memes and there's no other explanation right kevin you got anything
1: uh yeah dk metcalf according to espn isn't stupid yeah, okay. Uh, that's a that's a this is an actual headline. David Seahawks, rookie receiver DK Metcalf has brains to go with Braun. One thing I noticed is that there's a lot of articles about
0: how about David Moore and uh and JB, Jaron Brown. And the the that, that means that those guys are uh making, both cut making the team or both cut. I yeah. can't decide which one.
1: Yeah, uh, we'll know we'll know in the first uh preseason presser.
0: Yeah. They, I mean to me, like, I felt like J B was really misused last year and David Moore still had a lot of potential to unlock, so it's definitely possible those guys could be excellent this year. Trevon Boykin was arrested again. Yeah, that's not that's not surprising or even that's, disappointing at this. That's point. That's
1: not even news. It's not a, yeah, it's just a thing that happened. Um, uh, Jermaine Effetti is working on not being bad at football. That was last year's uh, last a, week's headline. That's not, a good. offseason. It's, off, it's that's not going to
0: work. It's not going to work. All right, let's stop with the, the nonsense. Uh the Wait, the, I'm
1: sure somebody's in the best shape of their life if I keep going. Um
0: did you guys see any good NFL stories this week? Because I got one. What'd what you got? Do you got you guys didn't see anything?
1: Well, you go first. Nothing. Okay. Nothing.
0: Jalen Ramsey on whether he'll rank the QBs this year. <laughs> I'm yes. not going to do this again. I'm growing, man. It's year four for me. It's a different me. That's basically code for we got torched last year. I'm not making the same mistake <laughs> twice. That was my that was my top story. Um there's really noth- nothing. How
1: about worse. Joe Namath claimed he reversed and prevented oh. CTE? Actually,
0: actually, I had one more. It was a very Seahawks Nest story because, you know, it's like borderline too racy for the podcast. But Jerry Jones said, and I quote 2012, quote, I've been here when it was glory hole days and when it wasn't. I (laughs) want. Wait, 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 wait. wait. Then he said, (laughs) I want me some glory hole.
2: (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I'm moving to the. Cowboys podcast. It's official. So Grandpa, Wait, so you're Grandpa
1: you, is heading for the home. Is this what I'm is so hearing. You also, great. You also want you some glory hole, Eric? Is that
2: what you're saying? You know what? If Jones wants it, I want it. Glory, Dear glory, Lord. glory. Do, do you think? Do you,
0: okay, two things. One, Jerry Jones definitely knew what he was doing there. there he had to. It was 2012. It's seven years ago. He wasn't that senile yet. <laughs> and, <laughs> have you seen their draft since 2012? And then the second thing, okay, Kevin, is that that's I thought that that was Robert
2: Kraft, not Jerry Jones. That was. Having glory whole days. Man, it is a... uh, Nice one, Nathan. It is a rich owner thing. I I do have a story. The wink of a
1: young girl's eyes, glory days.
2: This this has to do with our our next podcast, our junior podcast that we will never make, but we want to joke about making. uh, Many... X NFL players excited for the XFL.
0: Oh my gosh! Did you see how uh, they have like Keith Price out there throwing throwing passes and stuff? Yeah, at did the you Seattle see combine?
2: So don't forget uh, Jim Zorn. Uh, uh, <laughs> remember, remember hip that, hip hooray, Jim Zorn! Going to say Jim Zorn. Yeah, of a uh, he will Clint be, said he wouldn't
0: let us <laughs> yes. take shots at Hennessy, but he made us say hip hip hooray and ruin the team spirit. <laughs> yeah,
2: um, he is our he's the XFL Seattle coach. But it was funny there were like a bunch of ex Seahawks trying out for the XFL in Seattle, and they were like, all, like, oh, <laughs> Ogum Gwacham was on the list. I was like, whoa, 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 why are we bringing up all these guys Former who... Seahawks
1: legend, Ogum Gwacham.
2: Yes. <laughs> the guy that you wanted to do good, but actually never played. I do have a real was, story. Was Maurice Morris there? No, he was not. That would have been a big name. Uh, I do have a real story. Who was a linebacker? Kevin? 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 Pierre Lewis. No, an, a bad one, who played uh, Kevin Toomer. receiver? Yeah. Yeah, he... He's like the biggest name.
1: Okay, I was going to say uh, Kevin Norwood, the wide receiver. Yeah. Um, the actual NFL news to bring up is what the hell is the he, is Houston doing? They oh. fired their this GM. This is an after ongoing draft story and by the free way, free agency.
0: I mean, it's the jet. It's the Jets' team building game plan. They're on it, dude. They're they're getting in the business. <laughs> this is so let, bad. Let let your mediocre coach run everything for a while, and then hire a really good. Uh, A really good front office guy that doesn't get to pick his quarterback or coach or anything. I don't know. It's terrible. The GM
2: said something to Bill O'Brien like, you really need to win a game in the playoffs this year. And Bill O'Brien, the the sirens went off and he's like, I got to get this guy canned. What do I do?
1: The other question I have is why couldn't they have started being this dysfunctional before they didn't get Jeremy Lane? Yeah. Like, why couldn't why couldn't they have sucked this bad in, an extra offseason ago so we could have gotten a better deal?
0: Alright, let's get into it, guys. AFC West this week. Uh we're gonna go ahead and oppose the AFC West. Um this AFC West is uh, is probably the most uh relevant, right, to us
1: as we are we're West Coasts.
2: Uh sure and we're uh,
1: we all have a personal attachment to this division due to early we used to Seahawks rivalries. Division. We played them I, I, last rivalry.
0: year. I have a question for I you. I still Eric, hate Denver and st- Oakland. Yeah, as I said, are you still a Raider hater, Eric? That, Absolutely. That's, that's
2: what I was well, thinking. here's the thing: they're not good, so I can't hate them. But I sure do love making fun oh, of them. So yes,
1: I, I beg to differ.
2: I mean, a lot of people here don't. Uh, a lot of people listening who you know just started listening last few years. Uh, about ten years ago, I found a, oh, it. Oh, it's longer than that. A Raiders hater, a Raider busters matted poster. It, it's uh, it's got Steve Largent. It's hanging up in my upstairs room. It's pretty great. Raider Busters. Raider Busters. It's it's Steve Largent dressed as a boxer. Hold, <laughs> hold it in a boxing ring. Oh, no. And it's so charming. Yeah, it's uh it's not even a uh, like one of the old charming sports posters. It's Worms just goofy. Heart. Well, we'll save the Raiders Worms for the last packles. because we go
0: alphabetical by city name, boys. Denver Broncos up first. They had a Kareem Jackson, John James, Bryce Callahan, and the immortal Joe Flacco. Can I
1: just say when I think about the Denver Broncos, I always think about Bill Romanowski, which is why I hate them forever. Uh, They have an offensive lineman
0: named Stink. They do. Uh, Bradley – or had one. Bradley Roby, Billy Turner, Matt Paradis, and Brandon Marshall, the linebacker, headed out of town. They drafted Noah Fant, Dalton Risner, Drew Locke, and Dre Mont-Jones. Eric, start us off, man. What do you think about – oh, Seahawks Connection. Yes. Uh, Seahawks cornerback, who I think is like the first guy out right now but could definitely play his way onto the roster. Jamar Taylor is – was a Denver Bronco. There you go. All right. Eric – Ronabeck, what do you think about the Broncos?
2: I like what the Broncos are doing. I think they had a pretty decent draft. I think John Elway is maybe, not maybe, I think he's definitely not as good as GM as we thought he may have been. His uh, quarterback talent picking is not great, but this Drew Locke character, honestly, without going nuts and moving up a bunch of spots, I think it was probably the best pick they could have got. Um, Joe Flacco, if he's going to have a redemption story, let it be under John Elway. I don't see a lot from this team this year. I think that they're going to improve a little bit. I still really like their running backs. I would really like to see a little more Royce Freeman in the mix this year. Um, They still have some talent on defense. Their offensive line is going to be good enough for Joe Flacco. I'm cautiously optimistic for the Broncos this year. That's that's my take on the Broncos. All right, so I'm going to jump in here. The defense, they got good
0: cornerbacks. They have great pass rushers, Chubb and Miller. Okay, that Josie Jewell should be able to help them hold up against the run. Von Miller, uh, still a player. They have good running backs, as you said uh, Lindsey, Freeman, Booker. They should be able to get decent production should out of those guys. Booker. The offensive line is undeniably talented. They're a little thin at wide receiver, and they have one six foot six inch problem at the most important position. In the modern NFL, Joe Flacco is straight trash, homie. Don't at me. I hate the Broncos because of this. But he can this, throw the football so far and the in airs, Denver. And the air's thin. Cool. This team has eight and eight written all over them to me because to of a hail mary be, from the twenty every time because of Flacco. If they if they had a competent quarterback. Hell, even if they were starting Drew Locke, if they're like, hey, opening the season, we're starting Drew Locke, I would be in on Denver as like a sneaky playoff team. No way. But, but, but Joe Flacco is so trash, dude. He's so bad at football. I'm gonna throw some Joe Flacco stats at you after Kevin uh Kevin does his his It's uh, not needed, but go so. for it.
1: Uh I feel like the Denver is caught in a weird position where half of their offense is aging out and half their offense is waiting to be ready to take over. And half their defense is aging out and half their defense is getting ready to take over. And so they can't get their entire team on the same page at once. They're in a weird spot for that. I do dislike Joe Flacco as their quarterback. I'm not inherently a Noah Fant believer. I don't think Juwan James is an answer at right tackle. He's a very average player. I think their offensive line in general is just above average. Uh, Cortland Sutton needs to take a step forward, but I could see that happening. Same with uh, Deshaun Hamilton. Their receiving core is fine. Um, their defense, uh, Draymond Jones is kind of an interesting pickup. He could end up being a uh, th- a defensive end in their 3-4 scheme. Uh, I don't love their safeties. Their corners are good. Especially if Kareem Jackson can play at a high level, or if Isaac Yadam, who I think is a pretty decent player, could take over. In all, I feel like they're functionally running back the same team as last year with a downgrade on offense. And Vic Fangio, who's an upgraded head coach, probably.
0: Okay, I'm just gonna tell you this, Eric. Over the last three seasons, what do you no, think no, no. <laughs> who do you think Joe Flacco's most similar player is? According to the player the player comparison
2: index, wait, are but they current Benjamin. current Lloyd players? Benjamin.
0: Current players?
2: I don't know. We know Joe Flacco's trash on this podcast. I knew you were going to do this. Okay,
0: Eli Manning, G- good luck with that, dude. I hope that that works out well for you. Um, Joe, F- Joe Flacco is, is Joe
2: Flacco, not, Super Bowl winning quarterback. It's
1: not good. He's he's aggressively much fine. like Eli Manning is a Super Bowl winner. It's, Joe uh, Flacco, uh, is Super Bowl winner. His, Q- Bowl his winner, QB, yeah. his QBR the uh, the
0: last four years. Uh, it's 49.7, 52.7, 49.8, and then last year was his best year, 58.7. So he averaged out. His QBR is, is three. trash. hit QBR he averaged out to trash. And it's
2: not like he's going to go into a situation where he's got these great playmaking receivers helping him out.
0: Dude must have a great spark. Like, I mean, over the last four years, dude, 24 and 27. He's 64 <laughs> touchdowns versus 46 interceptions. I just think that Joe Flacco does not do anything to help you win. He only in- enhances your ability to lose. How do you
1: feel about having the twenty fifth best quarterback in the NFL? Because that's what your ceiling is. I'd
0: say he's more twenty first. Really, one thing I really like about their team construction, though, their cornerbacks are going to be awesome this year. Like Jackson, Harrison, Callahan is is a pretty good, uh, really strong cornerback thing, and I think Sue Cravens could come in and like really solid up their safeties. It's going to be a good defense if they get
1: the old Sue Cravens. That's really interesting. Yeah,
0: and I I'm a I'm a big fan of that. It's it's really just about Flacco to me. And um, I mean, we saw what happened last year. Baltimore benched Flacco, and they made the playoffs. Maybe Denver will be wise and choose something similar.
1: I do think that Locke needs some time to marinate, though.
0: So that's a catch twenty-two. I mean, it's not like the court. It's not like Baltimore put in uh, Jackson, and he started slinging it around. <laughs> they, they ran. They ran like a re-option on. Here's every the thing, play. though. I
2: think that Drew Locke, like Kevin said, with some seasoning, will he'll have a better chance at succeeding in the NFL. But I think Flacco allows this team to be a fringe playoff team in the meantime with all that talent and some bad flacco, they're not gonna they're not gonna win any playoff games, but they're able to hover hover around the eight and eight to nine and seven record for at least two years. So Eric,
1: what are you gonna settle in at?
2: Nine and seven. They're going they're quite quite the improvement. Nine and seven. Alright. Reaching for the stars.
1: Nathan? I went eight eight already. Oh uh six and
2: ten. Okay. Ooh. Wait, that's, that's a- what they were last year, right?
0: Yep. I think they're a little harsh but uh, fair, harsh, but fair. Um, the Chiefs, I think this is, we can find, we can cough up some wins elsewhere in this division. The Chiefs, they added Tyron Matthew, Alex Okafer, Carlos Hyde, and Brashad Bieland. They dropped Stephen Nelson, Chris Conley, Cream Hunt, Justin Houston, probably Tyreek Hill for half the season. <laughs> they drafted M- Mikko Hardman, Juan Thornhill, and Kalen Sanders. Seahawks connections, of course, two of the biggest. Uh, Frank Clark, of course, headed over to Kansas City this year. And our boy Brad started off his career as a Kansas City Chief. Chiefs. Yeah, Kevin, start
1: us off. All right. I feel like the Kansas City Chiefs gained about what they lost. Um, Losing D Ford and Justin Houston, but picking up Frank Clark, who's a really good fit. They uh, lost Eric Berry, but picked up uh, Honey Badger. I think Honey Badger, again, is a nice fit for them. I feel like in general, they're getting better at defensive back. Uh, Juan Thornhill, I think, is an excellent pickup for them. Uh, Kaelin Saunders is interesting because I in a three-four, I'm not really sure what he plays. They and, say that
0: he's going to play right, uh, like defensive tackle, not nose,
1: like yeah, over tackle. Oh, that's right. They're converting to a four-three. I forgot. So yeah, pretty- I, actually, I do. I do think he makes lots of sense in a four-three. Uh, Dorian O'Daniel.
0: Yeah, they lost Justin Houston and and D Ford, and they're like, hey, wait, we don't have to play three-four anymore.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I actually think that's going to be a positive switch for their defense. Again, I like their safeties. But cornerback is a severe weakness. They need, like, Mark Fields to do something or a young guy to step up or something. I
0: don't think Mark Fields is going to even start for them. I think it's like Charvet. Traverius Ward, Brashad and Kendall Fuller, right? Right, and Kendall
1: Fuller's an above-average uh, slot corner. And then Traveris uh, Ward and Brashad Bieland are like bang average or slightly below average corners. Yeah, I think they're they're sketchy.
0: But it it you put good safeties over top of them, and Matthew and Thornhill, I think it makes up for it. has a shot, yeah. And the way that they really make up for it is this pass rush is going to be legit. Frank Clark, Alex Okafor, Emmanuel Ogba, that is three legitimate NFL-level pass rushers. That's probably, between those three guys, 35 or 40 sacks. Dude, Chris Jones. Jones' legitimate inside presence as a pass rusher. Yeah, and Chris Jones pushing the... Po- I mean, Chris Jones, if, if they don't double-team him, he's going to cause problems. He'll may- If they have
1: to double-team Okafor or Clark
0: instead, that's going to cause... Their defensive line is really good. Um, yeah, I
1: feel like they can make a push towards being an average NFL defense, which is miles ahead of where they were last year. And their offense. And I feel like their offense, uh, depending on what happens with Tyreek Hill, by playoff time, I don't think he'll necessarily <clears throat> step back. The other thing is there's a sneaky pickup that I want you to keep your eyes on. Uh, Darwin Thompson out of Utah State, their draft pick in the sixth round, is a really interesting running back who's kind of a do-everything guy. He had tons of multipurpose yardage in college. Um, he, he could be an interesting guy who emerges as a bit of a weapon for them in a running back by committee situation with Carlos Hyde and Damian Williams. I really think
0: Carlos Hyde has been underrated a little bit his whole career. He's really solid. He provides a very high floor for their running game, even if Damian Williams or Darwin Thompson aren't fully ready to like, carry the load. But Damian Williams looked really good at the end of last season, to the point where I'm I'm very confident in this, just in general, in their offense. I mean, Patrick Mahomes showed kind of that potential we saw in him when I hot take said he would be Rookie of the Year and then he never played.
2: <laughs> in his first season
1: he would have been rookie of the year though yeah it's if, the, if if it was
0: like nba rules where if you don't show up on the field you get you get to be rookie of the year exactly then, then he would have been rookie of the year for sure uh major league baseball he didn't you know but play enough. it's just a really it's a really really good uh team and picking up castoffs from cleveland's offensive line is a good plan because cleveland has had a lot of offensive line talent in recent years and that's their offensive line's like three fifths guys that came from the browns um I just don't see any problems with this roster, barring you know substantial injuries, and then they get to in the middle of the season have Tyreek Hill start showing up for games and get even better. So they're going to cause problems for everyone. Uh, I really like this Chiefs team. Eric, do, do you see any cracks in the armor?
2: Uh, yeah. I regression of the mean, man. They were twelve and four last year. I think that Patrick Mahomes can he can improve. I think it's likely that he will maybe not have as good a year um i think that's fair especially with tyreek hill not being around for you know six to eight games i think it's more than fair to expect some struggle out of mahomes having said that they're still going to be a very good team and win this division but i also like that uh damien williams is going to have a good year but i think that carlos hyde will i think he'll be that steady inside presence if he can stay healthy all year because carlos hyde still still putting it together
1: the Charkandrick West of this year
2: <laughs> he's somewhat old I mean at some point Carlos Hyde is just gonna stop and I'm worried that that could be you know sooner rather than later
0: Kevin so uh, what's your record
2: uh early in the season
1: I feel like they come up against some defenses that could be kind of tricky as they're figuring out what to do without some of their players. Um, they have an early game against the Jaguars, the Ravens. Um, they play the, They play a good Colts team. Um, the Texans could be a little bit troublesome. So I could see early on maybe they're sitting around 500 until they're able to get all their weapons in order. And so they end up finishing 10 and 6 with like a wild card berth. Or maybe 11 wins and challenging for the division somewhere in there. Kevin.
0: So I'm going 10 you, and 6. You've seen this a million times. The Chiefs always figure it out before everyone else. That's Andy Reid's way. They're going to start like 10 and 0 and finish 12 and 4, just like always and lose in the first or second playoff game. It's Chiefs, it's Andy Reid football at its absolute finest. Thank you Chiefs for another season. <laughs> uh, Herrick,
2: what do you got? Uh, like I said, they're still going to have a good team, 11 and 5. So, just one loss less.
1: You have to remember, sometimes you go like 3 and 5 and then win 7 in a row.
2: Also, yeah, that's that's a point and also as people may tell, I'm going pretty like I'm going gutsy with my picks for the AFC West this year. All right, did you say eleven and five? Eleven and five. Di-
1: so we're all pretty in the same
0: region. San Diego Superchargers. San Diego uh, added Thomas Davis and Ty- back, Ty- Tyron Run Taylor, back. and they <laughs> lost Terrell, Tyrell Williams. They like didn't they didn't really add or drop anyone, but they and did Corey Lugan. They did draft really well. They drafted Jerry Tillery Nasir Adderley, and Sierra Adderley and Trey Pipkins. So I'm gonna start off because I'm like the resident uh, Charger stand in the room. Um, This team is immensely talented. Picking up Thomas Davis fixes maybe one of the only weaker position groups in the whole team. They add Jerry Tillery to an already just stacked defensive line. They don't need Tyrell Williams because they already have three excellent wide receivers in Allen, Williams, and Benjamin, the Mike Williams, you know, the other Mike Williams. Their offensive line is still good. Melvin Gordon still good. This team is good. They they need a kicker. Here's the problem. Okay, they still don't have. They still have not fixed their biggest problem. Every year they lose games because of stupid special team stuff, and they still have not fixed it. Oh, by the way, Seahawks connection Russell Okun, obviously. Um, <laughs> and and Brandon Mabane. Yeah, Mabane. There's a bunch. I had like. And I, we
1: should have drafted uh, Derwin James. Oh man, don't talk. About and it. Jerry Tillery. Jerry, Jerry Tillery. Awesome. Uh, and Nasir Adderley. Jerry awesome. And Nasir Adderley. Gus can, Bradley is a the coach there here Adderley
0: apparently God, like, I hate this. had a ru- had a rough <laughs> mini camp. Kevin, I don't so, care. So don't don't worry. Maybe I that one won't come back to haunt us. No, nope, it don't really uh, haunt me. But right now their kickers are like Michael Bagley and Ty Long from UAB. It might be Bagley. It could be Bagley. But Just saying, who, we don't need who, no stupid. Who could possibly know that? That's the problem. Is that they need a real adult to come kick their field goals <laughs> for them because otherwise they're going to blow stupid games. They should. Their
1: special teams needs adult supervision. All right, Eric, what do you think about this?
2: Man, we've, as the
1: resident adult in the room, Eric,
2: <laughs> we've talked about this before and how much that I'm like waiting for Philip Rivers to do poorly. When he's retired someday, I'm going to be like, ha, I told you he sucks. Uh, again, I kind of feel like he retired after the Super Bowl, but he's bad at retiring. Here's the thing. Flip a coin. This team is either going to put it all together and win the Super Bowl or they're going to charger it out and lose a few more games than you expect. They were also 12-4 and last year. And I have this Still team Phil Rivers was so awesome last yeah. year too like, played, Rivers was. Until... I think it was like his best or second best season of his entire in career And half their
1: offense was just like dead bodies Laying on the field yeah. Like like their offensive line They were just rolling out tackle dummies
2: I'm not into those people in the off season That are like you know what this team needs This team needs a playmaker I feel like the, the Chargers could really Stand to get that playmaker Like Reggie Bush when he was first drafted <laughs> Or Tyree Kill If he wasn't such a terrible person
0: uh, I feel like that well, would... They got, Tro- <clears throat> they got Troy made pope
2: Sure. Yeah. Sure. That's great. That's, that's a solid player. Um, <laughs> <laughs> another, another Seahawks connection. Yeah, that's... Uh, uh, any... any. Let's, can we go into picks? I just want to go into picks. 10-6 and six for the Chargers. Second right. place. Kevin, what are you thinking? Well, I'm going to actually Chargers. talk about the team because yes. I like
1: them. So, uh, Keenan Allen I'm is sorry. subtly <laughs> a great weapon. Because a guy who just gets you 10-15 yards all the time... Uh, Keenan Allen's... Like jersey numbers should just be a giant middle finger because that's how it feels trying to cover him. Uh, Mike Williams could be that weapon because he's finally healthy for the first time ever. For now. For the first time in forever. Well, he
0: was healthy at the end of last year. He played really good down the stretch too. Exactly. What, he, ended up, he ended up with
1: eleven touchdowns. I feel like their offensive line has the most depth they've had. Because of all the injuries, um, dudes like uh Scott Quisenberry and Forrest Lamp and Spencer Drango have like those are players that have played minutes in places along with the players that are the actual starters. So I really think their offense is going to be solid, and their defense is stacked. The concept of having to play against this defense sucks. Um, They have guys that are backups that I would love to have on the Seahawks as potential starters, like
0: Uchenna Nwosu. That's just a guy they have hanging out on their roster who doesn't really have anywhere he can break through.
1: Yeah, or Uh, like Kazir White, Desmond King as their theoretical slot safety slash corner whenever they want it. Like, their their roster is really, really good. If, Des- if Desmond King was our backup cornerback, I would be so happy. <laughs> right? Like, we're sitting there hoping that that's what the dude out of Oregon ends up being, um, Ugo. And they already have that dude just chilling. So, I like the roster. I think that they play a fairly tough schedule. Um, but they're a really good team. I have them at 11 and five winning the division.
0: I have them at 11 and five as well um I just think that they blow three games they shouldn't with kicking you know and something no, like that advantage they they should they should be 14 and two or 13 and three just based on talent but they're gonna blow some games that they shouldn't they always seem to find a way to do that all right last but certainly not least or are they the uh, the team we've all been waiting for? The team that is going... We're going to get to see every minute of their training camp experience on HBO's Hard Knocks, and I cannot fucking wait. Those
1: Hard I Knocks, Mike. I am
0: so Mike. excited. Um, they added LaMarcus Joyner, Tyrell Williams, Antonio Brown, and Fantase Perfect, and like a hundred other guys. the NFL. Uh, they dropped Jared Everyone Cook, Rashawn free. Melvin, Benny Benwickery, Kelechi Osamele, like a million guys too. They turned over so much of their roster. They drafted Josh Jacobs, Colin Farrell, Jonathan Abram, Trayvon Mullen, Seahawks Connections. We have Shalom Luani from Oakland, and they have your boy, Luke Wilson. And Tom Cable. Oh, I didn't want to bring it up. Okay. I'll bring it up every time. Greg Olson is our offensive coordinator. Did you know that? Yep. But not that Greg Olson. Not the one that you're thinking of. The other.
1: And or also the, not the that one on. either. Neither of the tight ends named Greg Olson. No. It's just a different guy named Greg Olson. Who's fine. He was fired in the middle of the season as the Jaguars OC one year. Looks
0: okay, like my but, neighbor. But I, but I do like this Greg Olson. You know why? Washington State University. Go Kooks. Okay. so Exotic smash mouth, Greg Wilson. The um, Here's the thing about this offense, okay? I'm just going to get this out of the way. Your quarterback is Derek Carr. We've all seen Derek Carr play for a couple years now. He's good at some things. Those things are not throwing the ball very far. Okay, Derek Carr is one of the lowest rated quarterbacks on deep throws. If you look at the deep ball project uh, by uh, Brickwall Blitz, I think that it's a it's a good we'll show you a good stuff, some good stuff about why Derek Carr is probably not the best deep ball thrower in the NFL. So what do you do? You go out and you sign JJ Nelson, you go out and you get Tyrell Williams, you go get yourself a Ryan Grant, you get yourself Antonio Brown, you build the ultimate four verts offense for your non deep ball throwing quarterback. Way to go, Oakland. You did it you don't have any clue what the hell you're doing. Like It's it's absurd. On top of the fact that they keep drafting all these project offensive linemen, and then so they have all these project offensive linemen. Colton Miller, uh, Trent Brown, who honestly is kind of a project. Stop one, me if you've heard words. this one. Brandon Parker. They have all these guys who have projects. What do they do? They go get Richie Incognito to be the leader of that <laughs> offensive line and break all these guys mentally, and also they have Tom Cable as the worst offensive line coach. That's he loves his be projects. A
1: I can't wait for Richie Incognito and Tom Cable to get into a fistfight on the sideline this God, year.
0: I hope Tom Cable just gets the brakes beat off him. And then they draft Josh Jacobs with their first-round pick, which... I like Josh Jacobs. His tape's good. He was probably the number one running back or number two running back for me going into the draft. But geez, I would not spend a first round uh, pick on a running this back. This is their in second and, pick in the first round, right? In 2019, right? yes.
1: Their third or second. They had Jonathan Abram, too. Yeah. And then, no, they picked him at like 19, didn't they? Like
0: towards the middle I of I can round. never
1: remember. They were both pretty similar to each other. Um, uh, and then they picked Claylin Farrell in the top five. Yeah, and then they picked Clonfire in the top five, There's which is a really good player, but like. That's aggressive with pick number four do you pick a really solid guy or do you pick a guy with high upside when you have a team that's lacking in so many areas another
0: thing let's be honest they're expecting to get their all their pass rush from like these four guys you ready clon farrell arden key max crosby and benson moyoa guess what it's not gonna work no how about (laughs) mario edwards mario edwards is he you
1: are a mario edwards fan no, I said that's who they think they're going to get something from.
0: Oh. Or no, he's gone, isn't he? Yeah, he's gone. I was like, I was like, what about
1: Mario Edwards? Uh, they've sure. got Max they got Crosby, who they
0: theoretically might he's develop. A, he's in, Mario Edwards is a New Orleans Saint now. Uh, they Their linebackers are They'll good. They'll do good, though. But building around linebackers in 2019, also real sketchy, unless that linebacker is literally Bobby Wagner. Not to mention
1: Brandon Marshall. And,
0: well, and also, Perfect isn't good. He's just known. And... Perfect like, is genuinely a bad linebacker at this point in his career. Well, he gets a lot of penalties. I'd, I, I would honestly rather start to hear Whitehead if I was in charge of this I roster. I agree. Um, but but Gary, if I was in
1: charge of this roster, I'd do a lot of other things. Gary and
0: Conley and Trayvon Mullen, like that's a really interesting cornerback pairing they're going to roll with right off the bat. And then their safety seem fine. Like They have a, a couple good pieces. They have some talent on this roster. Obviously, Antonio Brown rules. But you can't build a team around a wide receiver.
1: Especially not if you can't get in the ball. Well, and Trent Brown, they're paying 11 billion dollars to go from the best offensive line coach, turning him to above-average offensive tackle to the worst offensive line coach, who will inevitably make him suck. Also, also like the high, being the highest-paid
0: right tackle is not. It's not great. Not but,
1: a, And yeah, it, there's so many things wrong with this roster. You yeah. went from Coluccio to Melee to Richie Incognito, that's, and that summarizes a lot of things. That's
2: what happens when you have Tom Cable, though. You start to think, like, okay, so what kind of journeyman can we get that that just needs a redemption story? I then remember they, thinking that as a Seahawks fan. They have let's do, what do this do? rundown real quick.
1: I. Uh, Got Antonio Brown, lost Amari Cooper, got Tyrell Williams, lost Jordy Nelson, got J.J. Nelson, lost Seth Roberts, got Richie Incognito, lost Galeccio Semele.
2: How was Amari Cooper when he left the team, too?
1: They got uh, Brandon Marshall and Vontez Perfect and LaMarcus Joyner, but they lost Rashawn Melvin, Marcus Gilchrist, uh, Bruce Irvin, Tank Carradine, Marshawn Lynch, like... For every move where you're like, oh, that's kind of interesting, then you realize, oh, they actually just lost somebody who was pretty decent then, too. So a team that wasn't good had a ton of turnover, not all of which was positive, and not all of which matches each other. This is like somebody playing Madden with the roster. I don't I don't get it. Either... Gruden is playing some four-dimensional chess thing. It's or it's mad creative
0: player. They have six NFL-level running backs on their roster, like legitimately. Jacobs, Jalen Richard, DeAndre Washington, Doug Martin, Chris Warren Jr., and Isaiah Crowell. All those guys are legitimately could be starting running backs on like a lot of teams. And instead, they're all on the same roster. And what are they going to do? Keep like six running backs who don't play special teams? Good luck with that. It's just this roster is has ridiculous roster construction. It's so stupid.
1: And the only wide receivers that actually fit their scheme are Antonio Brown and Hunter Renfro.
0: Yeah, they're throwing a lot to see what sticks. I, Antonio Brown only because he's so versatile. That's so what the, I mean. They're not going to be able to take advantage of the thing he does best. which have got like Ryan get, Grant get open like fifteen plus yards down the field for big plays. Ryan Grant is not going to do anything in this exactly. There's JJ Nelson. JJ Nelson. They might as well have put no one on the in that spot.
1: If they put if they actually play JJ it's Nelson harsh. in the slot, that's going to be awful. He's
0: really he good at he's anything. so good at running
1: in a straight line, dude. Yeah, it'd be, and he's so not that great at catching the ball, and so then you have somebody who has trouble hitting him with the ball, and then he'll drop it like one out of every two times it actually gets
0: to him. Don't worry though, dude. They got the goat to at quarterback for when they they've been inevitably bench Derek Carr cuz he can't throw far enough. Peter man. They can bring in the goat. Peter man.
2: Wow. Peterman is on the roster,
0: baby. Let's go. You know, Mike Glennon actually might be the best fit at quarterback for their
1: offense, oh, I, and
0: that's not good. I would not be a. I would not be opposed to them being like, okay, we traded Derek Carr for a first round pick, and Mike Glennon is. Uh, we're going to give him a shot because it can't.
1: Glennon be. has a bigger arm. He's just also bad. <laughs> You're not
2: going to get a first round pick for David Carr. Get out of here. Well, you probably not because David Carr's been on the end. Derek NFL. Carr. 10 sorry. Years. I'll say this about I got him. <laughs> Hey man, they're the same they've turned into the same guy. They have the same tree value. This is
0: no David Carr is the one that used to be in the NFL, and Derek Carr is the one that looks like he's wearing eyeliner all the time.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's only because he is. This is Derek Carr's phase uh, he'll grow out of it, Nathan.
2: Last year to prove that he's gonna do anything with this team. I I'm not a fan of the running backs because I don't like you said, I don't think they have a plan. Antonio Brown seems seems like he's really gonna love it in Oakland for for throughout the preseason, I'm guessing.
1: The crazy thing about this like menagerie of talent is that beautiful. Place. There's not they're not devoid of quality players. Like there is a chance that this awful spody of player somehow ends up. It's like when somebody. It's like when you're like seven, and you make a graveyard at Seven Eleven, and you just put every soda in the fountain in there. And sometimes it tastes like crappy cough syrup and pee and sometimes it's amazing and you can never recreate the flavor. Maybe they have that season. I I, I just am not willing to bet any amount of dollars whatsoever that happens and I have them. Only if you at got the right coach Mike. In the first five weeks the Raiders play the Broncos,
0: the Chiefs, the Vikings, the Colts, and the Bears. They're gonna lose those five games. And at that point, this team will be imploding. They will. The f- stories will be out there. It will be a full-on, total disaster.
1: But Nathan, they only have eight years left on that contract with Kirkland. <laughs> uh,
0: I like the Raiders for three and thirteen. Wow. wow 4 man, and I 12, thought going to be bad. Three and
2: thirteen. I told you that I'm going. I'm going crazy this year. I'm optimistic for every team. I got this team at five and eleven. Oh, one game
0: improvement. Man. Five
2: and eleven. One game. One game improvement Too only high. because of. Antonio Brown. One thing I'll say is I was really high on (laughs) Cleveland.
1: Antonio Brown, Mike.
2: (laughs) I was excited about Cleveland Farrell for the Seahawks because we talked about him on this podcast a lot. I thought maybe he could fall to 21, which I think we drafted 21. Instead, the Raiders took him at four, which he seemed like the ultimate safe player. But Kevin, would you rather have Cleveland Farrell? This is a real question. This isn't a leading question. Cleveland Farrell or Ed Oliver? Uh, Ed Oliver for me. I think at Oliver. And I here's the thing. I liked at Oliver when we were talking draft, I was looking at him just as a cool player to see where he go in like the, the top 7, top 10. I don't understand why the Raiders didn't go at Oliver. Yeah,
1: I would probably take at Oliver. Uh the point is Cleveland Farrell is a guy that you pick up like, between 10th and 20th and uh, you're like yeah. that's really yeah, that's the Josh Allen, dude. Why didn't they take Josh Allen?
0: Josh or Josh Allen or like trade down if you really want Colin Farrell and he's your dude that's cool trade down to 12 with like Green Bay and take him there
2: I mean that takes some savviness and as much as uh, Mike Mayock is cool on NFL Network I'm not is that the guy they hired to be the that GM that is I guy yeah let's I don't know. face
1: it though it's John Gruden's job
2: it's fun no. it's gonna be a fun year in Oakland because is it Honestly, like, you, no, not for, not for Oakland fans. Their last year in Oakland? Are you kidding me? Let's remember John Gruden. I really that's felt gonna like suck. at the end of
0: last year, too, in every home game, Oakland tried super hard to win because they wanted to win, like, the last games in Oakland, and then they ended up playing a n- whole other season in Oakland. So all that, like, mojo they had were like, this is our last season in Oakland, guys. we got to win it for the fans. You know, we got to do the fans. And then there's just, like, this lame dunk one extra season that they didn't expect to have. Yeah, they're going to have some Chargers-level home crowds. That's not going to be good. That's I
1: don't think that's going to go over well. I... People seem to forget that John Gruden flamed out at the end of his tenure in Tampa Bay because he kept getting old guys who were running out of steam or players that just never developed. And now in two years in Oakland, it feels like he's filling the roster with old guys and players who never seem to develop.
2: Players on their way out, David Carr. Also Derek Carr. What
1: he needs to do is wait for Tony Dungy to come back and assemble a team that's good and then you can take them over for one year and win a super bowl and then rest on the laurels of that victory for another decade or so
2: i'm gonna shine this up mike thanks for doing all the work shine
1: this up mike this this kid mike right here
0: this kid mike He's got the real talent to run Spider 2 Y Banana.
2: Spider 2 Y Banana, by the way, is Z-Spot in Madden, and Z-Spot is my favorite play to run. When he actually drew out, I watched a video on him drawing out Spider 2 Y Banana, I was like, holy shit, this guy knows me.
1: Because, honey, if you can't find the Z-Spot, I can't help you.
2: <laughs> I think it's funny, we all kind of picked around the same records for each AFC West team. We're on it, or we're completely off, but we're probably, someone's going to be under Judging right. by
1: our picks podcast, we're on it um I'm,
0: i don't know we'll see i i just hate <laughs> i hate everything the raiders do and uh, i'm against it
1: yeah i just feel like every upgrade they have have a corresponding downgrade and that's not a good place to.
0: Be. i would like them to be good they're just not all right if you uh are a fan of the Nest podcast there's many ways you can support wait do we do all the records there right yep <laughs> yep there are many ways you can support them. i went into a uh, promo mode um sorry promo i forgot mode. to let
2: kevin talk about one of his favorite
0: teams i was like let's just go to the records so so uh <laughs> You can, you can support the podcast in many ways. You can head over to patreon.com slash seahawksneston for as little as twenty four a month. He- get access to the group chat. Get access to the uh, to the Picks podcast during the season. Get access to a couple summertime goodies that me and Kevin put up when we don't have to teach in the summer. Um, thank you to Forrest, James, Chuckatilla, Tom, Lucas, Kerry, Bob, Karen, Brett, Mike, David, Philoptimus, Keith, Frank, and Michelle, and Brian. And everyone else who has been like supporting the sea podcast for so long, uh, we, you are going to help us get an air conditioner for this room, so, so we don't we burn, air. so we don't burn to death in August when we're trying to record podcasts. That
1: way, I'm not sweating so hard. I forget my points. Oh, yeah, also, the sauna
0: days. Also, Nick, I don't know why the manager puts you at the bottom, but you're cool too. And uh, Forrest, if you're listening, send us another movie to watch, or we can just watch the second one that you suggested last time. Uh, <laughs> and if you are, if you um, want to uh, support the podcast. Um, without giving us money because you're broke and you're cool still, get it over to twitter.com slash seahawksnest. You can head over to uh, iTunes uh, and give us a five-star review. You could head over to, I don't know, whatever, wherever you like, find your podcasts and give us a thumbs up, a high five. Um, we got one new review. Um, wait, wait, this one's from last week, huh? 611. Yeah, we saw this one already. So we're 10 away from our, we're 10 away from our goal um, and, uh, you know, if we get to that goal, then I don't even know what will happen. I'll lose my mind. Um, then <laughs> that's it. Any, anything else you guys want to add before we move on to the, uh, the movie club? No. All right. Movie club <laughs> this week. Uh, Danny Boyle, a famed director, many good movies. Uh, Slumdog Millionaire, 28 Days Later, Trainspotting, uh, Trans. T two Terminator. No wait, the T two train spawning two. Sorry. Um,
2: <laughs> Danny Boyle said that he uh, is working on a probably good sequel to Twenty Eight Days Later. By the way, yeah, yeah. So, yeah I hope it's called Twenty Eight Months Later, and it deals with like how
0: society is broken down two yeah. years after one of those disasters. I think that'd be cool. I'd be super down um, for that. And then, but uh, so yeah, and he's working on it with Alice Garland too. Yep, which is which is really cool. Yes. Uh, but anyway, this we're not going to talk about Danny Boyle, unfortunately. We're going. Where ta- are we? Or we're, we might, someone might. We're going to talk about because the movie coming out is yesterday. It's a Beatles-based movie. Uh, we thought it'd be cool to talk about our favorite movies that have to do with music, music or bands, and then maybe just chat a little bit about kind of movies that have to do with music and bands.
2: So Eric, start us off. Starting man. us what's off. What's your favorite? What's your favorite like a uh, music-based movie? I feel like this is a subject where in a week I'm going to be like, oh, I should have said this movie. I didn't even think about it. But for now, I'm gonna say across the universe, keeping with our Beatles theme. Uh, I like across the universe. It's a movie that is basically written around a ton of Beatles songs. It's a uh, it's a little heavy handed at times, but it's done in a really cool way. They the filmmakers, Uh, uh, Sedaris, uh look it up, Nathan. Why, oh, stolen make noises? What are you talking about? The directors two directors for this film oh for across the universe yeah so they get they get uh not unknowns but some relative young kind of under the radar actors then they mix in some more popular actors such as bono from U2, uh, Selma Hayek One director, uh, among female others director Julie Tamer yeah I don't know why I said Sedaris. Uh, yeah Julie Tamer she was really uh, into the choreography and how they rewrote the songs for the movie there's uh, there's songs that you're obviously gonna know right away but they kind of make music videos revolving around all these songs, and they fit it into one cohesive story. Like I said, at times it's heavy-handed, but there's some really cool moments. But uh, as far
0: as like jukebox musicals go, which is what Yesterday is going to be, right? Mm-hmm. Um, th- I think this one does a
2: really good job. Well, I mean, there's there's cool moments like uh, Happiness is a Warm Gun. It gets a little surreal and how they start which is filming it. that. There's, uh, <laughs> uh, what is it, Fallen? Is that the name of the song? I don't know how it goes, but I think that's it's one of the earlier songs. It's a really beautiful, looks like an MTV music video, but it's uh, just really well choreographed, really well shot. Uh, sets up the love story of the movie. I just, man, I get a lot watching this movie. I love the performances. I love what the filmmakers did. And like I said, even though it's heavy handed, it, it was really enjoyable. I was surprised how much I liked it. All right, Kevin.
1: Uh, there's a pair of movies I was giving strong consideration to, but I'll talk to those in a, in a moment because there's movies that I know we've mentioned before on here. So I wanna I wanna pick a movie that I don't think we've ever talked about. Um, a movie that I saw all oh, about a year ago for the first time. It came out in 2016, and that is Sing Street, which is a coming of age kind of comedy music drama um, about a kid growing up in Dublin in the 80s and it's like a lot of the classic coming-of-age. He starts a band because he likes a girl and makes all kinds of classically poor choices around that. Um, There's some genuinely charmingly funny moments. Does
2: this have star power in it, Kevin? Uh,
1: It does not. Okay. I I just don't know this movie. That's why I asked. Which I personally greatly enjoy. It did win a Golden Globe for Best uh, Musical um, that year. Uh, It was an award circuit movie. What I really like about it is it's it's very of its time in the 80s. It has kind of some of that uh, UK punk vibe. Well, it, the kid's getting raised in a pretty strict, like, kind of conservative Catholic-type household. But the uh, parents' marriage is falling apart, and there's some escapism involved in it. So he's, you know, trying to find uh, out what's going on with this girl who lives it. i uh, what seems to be a girl's home across the street from his school and in the end he kind of makes this push for being of age to strike out on his own and do something better with his life it's just it's charming the music works in it the cringy parts are this movie good cringy it is an irish movie Ah, okay uh, yeah, just in general, if you like charming coming-of-age movies, I think that this is one that you could really enjoy. Uh, there's a scene where they do their, uh, where they're doing their music video, because he's like claiming that they have someone who's looking into them, but it's really him just trying to brag up his little garage band, and so. They're scrounging up clothes from people that they know, and the girl does his makeup because she wants to be like a makeup person later on. And it's all very garage band, but it's something you could so totally see happening. Like I know people who are in garage bands in high school, and this is the type of stuff they did where they were like, "We're gonna low budget tape this so that we can say that we have a music video." Or everyone had a crappy promo that their friend taped in somebody's basement. And it has that whole vibe in a way that's like relatable and fun.
0: I I I liked Sing
2: Street. I thought it was really good. I'm just gonna throw (laughs) that. Russell Crowe also loved Sing Street. Yeah, yeah, not a joke. I I was reading about it when Kevin was talking about it. All right, guys. Um, So he threw a telephone across. I'm gonna throw a curveball at you guys. You ready for this? Do it.
0: Right. Um, The movie I want to talk about that is a music focused movie. Is, See
2: this is this is,
1: uh, is it. God, is, uh, dang it! Purple rain. Uh, <laughs> oh. So okay, uh, with with the worst motorcycle scenes in movie he, he history. It's somehow the best. At, at the
0: end of the movie, remember when he's like he's like about to run away on the motorcycle, and he's like, and, and then he realizes the crowd loves, uh, darling Nikki or whatever. Was that the song he plays? No, it is. doesn't play oh, darling. Like rain. He plays purple rain. Yeah, yeah. I and mean, they they just love purple rain. He's like, I gotta go back. Okay, here's the thing about this the movie. girls are at in this a motorcycle, it's the motorcycle that's nine times the size movie, of him for most of this movie. Prince is an asshole. Yeah, he uh, is. He slaps Apollonia straight in the face. <laughs> like he is a jerk, and uh, he won't he won't play his uh, uh, bandmate songs. He is not a good bandmate. He's not a really a good person in general. Uh, you're kind of borderline. Like, should I just root for Morse Day? But then Morris Day does stuff like throw a lady in a, in a dumpster, or <laughs> he does <laughs> so, he does so, slightly worse stuff. He does slightly worse stuff, and you're like, okay, these people are all jerks. But at the end of the movie, man, it's just like, the song has good tunes in it, and like, it's fun to watch. It's fun, t- it's it's a good one to make fun of, like, while you're watching it. It's a nice, like, riff tracks movie, Purple Rain, because there's so much stupid stuff in this movie. A lot um, of great,
2: stupid quotes.
0: Yeah, a lot of great, stupid quotes. <laughs> Plus, like, Apollonia, dude, she's just, she was just like a, 1980, what year did this movie come out? She was a 1984 10.5 ten, out of 10. Like, she was... Doing pretty good for herself. So um, that, that is my uh, Purple Rain review. Uh, by the way, the part in the movie where Morris Day and the time sing Jungle Love, and then he's like, Jamal, come hold the mirror, and Jamal comes out with the mirror, and <laughs> yes. then he's like, he's like looking at himself in the mirror, and he's like fixing his hair. Um, That part is just... A, the, the, everything Morris Day does in this movie
2: is awesome. There's Which, so
1: many insane <laughs> pieces of this movie that are just surreal. That's Mor- what
2: Morris Day does now when he plays live, by the way. This is not a joke.
1: Morris Day is, is awesome to me,
0: and then really... Morris Day and Prince make this movie, even though it, Prince is just like overacting so tough and like just everything's like overly emotional. And when he sings that, the part where he sings "Darling Nikki," you know, does everyone get mad at him? Like this song is too much. It's too, it's too personal. Uh, yeah the
2: uh, the most abs- Kevin said absurd moments. I wish we had kind of just done a Hawks' Nest Purple Rain, but the very <laughs> e- the very end of the movie, he's saying the uh, he's singing the "I Would Die for You" song, and this crowd's really getting into it. He put he takes a guitar. And he starts, you know, kind of stroking the the He's arm of the guitar. the guitar. Yes, and then guess what happens? Ha, suds come out of the neck of the guitar that does and happen. soak the crowd. It's not, although very gratuitous. It doesn't take too long. It's about three seconds long, and then the film abruptly ends with him quickly looking back at the camera as if to say, "Ha ha! I just jerked off all over the audience." Hilarious! Cannot believe that's a real movie. Please watch it if awesome. you have it.
0: Prince is like a legitimately excellent m- musician. Yes. Um, like, maybe the best guitar player
1: uh, around, but just never showed it because uh, he never if, had to. If, if you ever watch... Go go watch when he played halftime at the Super Bowl.
0: Or watch the,
1: watch In the, rain. the George, Harris- the the George yeah.
0: Harrison tribute he did at the yes. Rock and Roll Hall of Fame while my guitar gently weeps. Like, that thing... He like slay, He he ran like that ten A plus level guitar players off the stage with his
2: guitar. Solo. Eric Clapton they, said they were all
0: just like, "Whoa, Prince!" Eric yeah. Clapton
2: said like he was doing something, and then Prince started doing something, and he literally said, "I just stepped back to watch Prince." <laughs> yeah, that's that's impressive when Eric Clapton says that. Yeah, um, they made a
0: sequel to Prince. Graffiti, yeah it's or, a graffiti bridge uh, or graffiti something bridge. i've never actually seen it's, it it's it's also got morris day in it though <laughs>
2: yeah but it's not <laughs> we're it's, back in folks it's not like a full on sequel it's i think it's like a spiritual sequel, sequel or whatever everyone yeah. says
0: it's really horrible that's why and that's it, why it, i've it, never i seen
2: mean it. you can't recapture the 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 stupidity the barely ridiculous functional magic of yeah the brain. i mean that whole thing in Chappelle' show where where dave Chappelle as prince says perhaps you should purify yourself on the waters of lake minnetonka that's a line in Purple Rain. <laughs> yeah, that's when that's when uh-huh. Dickhead Prince like pushes Apollonia into the into the lake, or does he r- nearly run her over with his motorcycle? Yeah, I do believe it either, is a near. Either way, it's all appropriate and in good fun and great. <laughs> yeah, it's
1: it's weird. This it, movie's an acid trip for sure. How also, about-
2: if you if you heard Prince's short. So watch the movie, and you'll be like, holy shit, they're trying to not make him look short, but this dude is tiny.
1: And you can tell by, again, the way that he, he looks like a kid riding his dad's motorcycle. <laughs> he really, really does.
2: His dad had a big wheel. At <laughs> times, like, wow. Yeah, he is a petite man. Um, Hey, are there any under-the-radar um, music movies that we want to real quick, I
1: want to talk about some more mainstream ones that uh, just a couple other, high fidelity,
0: other music movies I like. Sure, high fidelity is a good one. Pop Star, we've talked about on the podcast before. Uh, never I was going to talk Stop. about
1: a, a Walk Hard, the Dewey Cox story, a hilarious. We movie, movie covered uh, that one. Um, just all the sinks. Uh, uh, things we, had,
0: ones we haven't covered on the podcast uh, that are music centric uh, School of Rock, I really enjoy with Jack Black. I think that's a really solid movie. The songs are fun. Uh, it's just it's really cheesy and also something that would never happen. And um, a good kids' movie more in this day and age i do think substitute teachers are kind of straight trash sometimes though so, <laughs> yeah. like, so like you probably get away with it for a good solid week before figure it out. i would
1: tend to agree as uh, a, someone
2: who's not a teacher but had plenty of substitutes i agree kids movies
1: coco, uh, coco. really a song-centric very good movie if you're uh, looking for
0: king that elton john soundtrack is like a stone 10 yeah uh the the um the, there's one I was had in my head. Now I'm I'm, I'm blanking. There's oh, a movie, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. That works. Yeah, um, is a very music-centric movie
2: that I think really rocks. On Amazon Prime, there's a movie that you may not. You have to go look for. It's excellent. It's a foreign language film from Norway. It is called Heavy Trip. I have told Kevin about this movie. It's about a death metal band trying to make it famous. This is so fascinating. It is so good. I dare you to at me if you don't like it. I dare you. It's so good.
1: Uh, I feel like Mary Poppins and the sequel, as far as family movies, are fun songs. Uh, I'm somebody who enjoys a well-done musical um, and loathes a poorly done musical. Um, the classic Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Okay. Oh, we talked about Baby Driver, a movie where music is very central to the way the movie is done. Mm-hmm. Uh baby driver is another one we've talked about quite a bit. I'm trying. To-
0: I mean, Almost Famous is one that if we don't bring it up, people will kill,
1: will kill us on this podcast. But then when we all say that we think it's like a solid 7 out of 10, they'll all get super salty anyway, because you're supposed to think it's the greatest movie ever made. It's a good movie. It's not a great movie. I like the movie less every time I talk about it, because somebody tries to convince me it's amazing. It's a, it, that's
0: like I call that Cabin in the Woods Syndrome. That is exactly <laughs> what it is. Where Every time I bring up Cabin in the Woods, someone's like, oh, that's
1: the greatest movie ever made. And I'm like, is it, though? Oh, uh, linking back to John C. Riley, who I really like in Chicago... Mm-hmm. Chicago's uh, a good one Chicago's a f- uh, uh, an
2: interesting movie It's uh, When Nathan was going through his list I saw Great Balls of Fire Which is a terrible movie Instead watch Walk the Line uh, watch, uh, watch La
1: Bamba With uh, Lou Diamond Phillips That movie is better than it has any right to be By which I mean it's fine
2: The Buddy Holly story uh, Had Gary oh. Busey nominated For best actor This is not a joke and he deserved it. He did Go deserve watch it. Wow, Blues Brothers. That was a good one. Oh, uh, Whiplash. Whiplash is a good one. If you one. have not
0: seen Whiplash,
1: Ooh. the drumming movie, it is extremely intense. If you want to like, grit your teeth for an hour and a half, but like in the best way, that's a really solid movie to did watch. Did you like
0: A Star is Born, Kevin?
1: Uh, the new one? Yeah. I did enjoy that one, though uh, it, it does make you very sad. Inside, inside Lou
2: and Davis, good stuff.
1: Inside Lou Davis, that's a good one. Yeah, inside Lou and Davis, that's that a really you out.
2: bizarre movie. I enjoyed Outer,
1: all oh, space. The uh,
2: <laughs> 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 that whole thing is ridiculous. There's Adam Driver for dude, you. I also loved.
1: Uh, was it Steven Root in the uh, or no? Uh, it was. Uh, it was Goodman in the um, trip the, to uh, yeah, Chicago, yeah, yeah. and he plays the, the super awful classic. Yeah. I don't know about that, but I was playing in New Orleans. Uh, <laughs> he's got the driver. Oh, yeah, he plays uh, a super, like, heroin doubt dude. Um...
0: Is there, I think other than like really old movies, we've pretty much hit a lot of the more recent ones that people are going to yell at us if we don't mention them. So I think we can call it good there. Yeah. So yeah. Um, if you have a favorite musical movie, uh, just message it to us. Maybe we'll watch it. I would be totally down to watch a, a suggested movie. But please don't send me The Greatest Showman because I don't
1: want to watch Wolverine dance. The Greatest Snowman is fine.
2: Un- you're I'm going to put one um, snowman in the movie, and you're call it The Greatest Snowman? Get out of here. Dancing Wolverine.
1: Uh, oh, wait. Well, if it's only The Greatest Snowman, there should only be one. Also,
0: think, speaking of musical movies, I got one more. Ready? La La Land. Don't at me. I love that movie. Okay. For Kevin Garber, for Eric Ronovec, we will see you guys next week. Go Hawks.